today. Three, two, one. And we're here. I can't do the echo today. Everybody, welcome to the show. My name is Rye Dog. You are listening to Rye Dog's Invisible Spectacle. My name is Rye Dog, of course, like I just said, but you can call me Ryan. I have vi- I have three very distinguished guests with me in the studio today. Um, and we are super excited to be talking about the subject that's going to be um, for this episode. And uh, But first, before I introduce them, I'd like to make an announcement. I'm going to be talking about The Mandalorian and a bonus episode and that will be coming either monday or tuesday so you know hold on to your horses for that uh it'll be here soon okay so across the table from me we have miss deanna ladiano daga advocate and student at the university of california davis deanna welcome hello and to her left we have deanna macias uh at the university of concordia Uh, she is a ferocious competitor of their forensic speech and debate team deanna say hi Hi, everybody. I don't know about ferocious, but okay. I guess that will be determined by Feisty. the people here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then across the table from her, we have Frank Ramirez, a uh, men's rights activist, uh, MAGA supporter. <laughs> uh, he recently released a book called uh, Real Men Don't Wear High Heels. Uh, <laughs> oh. Frank, welcome to the show. Uh, none of that was true, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the record. Yeah. And, uh, hello, fellow listeners. Yeah, Frank is a student at the University of California, Los Angeles. Uh, he is a also he's also a ferocious speech and debate competitor, or at least he was has it on his record. Um, yeah, but we are students. We've taken loans, and uh, this has been a popular. Um, this is something that's on the Biden platform. So the reason why we're talking about this is I, I recently read a report that says the Levy Economic Institute of Board of Bard College states that eliminating or reducing the student loan debt will increase consumer spending, expand home ownership, increase job creation, and reduce unemployment. Now, I'd like to delve into it a little bit by asking the first question that I have lined up for you guys today: uh, Is canceling student debt a good idea? Anybody's welcome to uh, answer. Okay, cool. So, well, first, I'd like to say this podcasting is really cool. I like hearing myself. Thank you, Frankie. And your voice, your voices. Um, okay, so scan- canceling student debt. Um, at the, m- I'm gonna go with the answer of at the moment, it's not the best option. Yeah. Let me explain why. Huh. Well, actually, uh, Frank, you don't you don't think it's the best option? Um, after the research that you've done. And then, Deanna, I, I believe you stated that you want to eliminate some in it, some of it, but not all of it, because you think it might have dire consequences for our economy. And then, Deanna, what's your stance on it? I think we should eliminate it. Obviously, we have to make sure we do it in a way that is going to help us, not hurt us, because, you know, you can try to do something that's really good, but it ends up being bad. So it's about how it's done. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. The stipulations matter. Uh, Frank, what, what were you going to say? Um, well, given those answers, I'll, I'll let everyone else speak for themselves. But I think from what I heard you just now that we all, to some extent, like we do want them canceled. But the reason why I say that uh, w- not at the moment we shouldn't cancel it for a variety of reasons. Um, number one, when we take a look at student loan debt, it's uh, 40 percent 
Is that why are you smiling me <laughs> like that? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> I was barely smiling. <laughs> Oh, dude, I feel like I'm debating right now. This is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, um, yeah, so 40% of student loan debt comes from uh, graduates. They're grads. Right. Uh, um, graduate students. And w- most of these, a majority of these graduate students end up getting a, a fulfilling career, uh, a career that pays pays well. Yeah. And uh, they end up having a good future. All right. Right. It's a, a big percentage of, of the student loan debt. Uh, where the other 60% is up in the air, you know, I know a lot of, students or graduates i should say undergrads that uh, they graduated with a degree yet they're working with me at amazon you know yeah uh my manager um has been working at amazon for three years is in 30k in debt from uc santa cruz yo like what is that you know yeah um so i think the problem is mostly with undergrads Right. Um, so I just want to kind of like throw that on the table so we know what we're talking about Yeah. Uh, when we're talking about student debt. So um, for that reason, um, you know, another thing since we're in the COVID era, another thing that we're talking about as Americans is a stimulus bill. Right. Right. And I uh, I know I don't know if I'm bringing that up right now because I know we're going to talk about it later. But yeah, yeah, there's a that's a, that's actually a really good point. Um there are a lot of arguments in favor of funding a relief bill over the student debt crisis that's happening right now. Uh, and the reason for that is, you know, if people, if the government decides in the legislature or, you know, the executive office decides to spend, you know, estimated an estimated uh, figure between $400 billion and $600 billion on student debt and solving that crisis, then that's only going to people that, that that's only going to help people that have, gone through college already but not necessarily people that like are are going to be facing those problems and expect relief right in the future right right just right. to get them out uh, get get them out of a pickle so i think the problem for most americans right now is that like they're suffering through economic hardship we've only had one stimulus bill out there twelve hundred dollars and a lot of people don't think that's enough and then mitch mcconnell and nancy pelosi they're going back and forth so that's been a huge deal um i forgot i was going to segue into another question for uh deanna but I did was, you guys have any i wasn't i wasn't finished with my answer though <laughs> okay frankie go ahead <laughs> cool um now if you want to go ahead you can go ahead but i had some other things in mind no no no. and since you're the moderator in this bitch so mm-hmm. i uh you gotta yo no. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> my god somebody said bitch all right what oh no <laughs> <laughs> you want me to continue on uh oh. Actually, let's hear from uh, Deanna L. What do you did? Okay. Let's let's hear your thoughts right. on, on what you said so far. Okay. Well, that's. I wanted to hear just a bit more on why Frank didn't think that this was such a great idea now, but I don't want to go into the stimulus aspect yet because I know you do have a question about that later yeah. on. Um, but just to touch upon that, like when you mentioned the whole Amazon, like your a lot of the Amazon your Amazon coworkers have bachelor's degrees and are still working <sighs> there. Like I, my friend just graduated to from UC San Diego and she was trying to apply to so many jobs and unfortunately because of what's going on she's also working at Lowe's right now and so that's another I feel like that's a whole another conversation we can have about higher education and whether it's like valued or not um, but when it comes to debt exactly like okay just personally I think that there can be a lot done because we can see how already the government has put trillions into like um, the stock market and so forth like they've done so much but it's very limited and even when it comes to the whole stimulus package as y'all mentioned not everyone was able to get that and like that's the really that's the part that we have to pay attention 
what they're doing exactly and how they're doing it. Could you um, <coughs> just go over what groups of people were excluded from the stimulus relief? Okay, the so first one at least? Yes. Yeah. So obviously undocu folks are completely excluded from that. Okay. Um, but on top of that, like I know, I believe some of you, if like, I think y'all, I don't know which one of y'all did get it or didn't. I didn't yeah. get it. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. for example, Frank N didn't get it. Neither did I. Ryan didn't get it. Still a baby. I didn't get yeah it okay none yeah. of y'all got it i didn't get it because i'm undocumented nobody but because yeah nobody at this table <laughs> were, was able to that's because that. i had a mental breakdown in the streets and the government caught sight of that <laughs> oh <laughs> <I'm> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> just kidding no yeah but if you were claimed as a dependent you weren't able to receive that at all and uh. even like for example um like even if there is someone who is a citizen in the household like my sister she's technically a citizen but she wasn't able to get anything because she's like 14 years old but my mom because she's undocumented she wasn't able to receive anything for her either so even people like all undocumented folks didn't get anything but even other citizens didn't get anything either because of that situation so there's a lot that was like missed out on that and i know they said that oh, there was shit. a whole bunch of checks that were like I don't know. The good thing is some people can still claim it, but like in general, it didn't help every single person. It was only one time, so it was very exclusionary. Right. In my opinion. Just to say something really quickly about the stimulus check, I was reading an article the other day, and um, just uh, like many like financial analysts were analyzing this CARES package that went out, and the majority of this CARES package has already been spent down. Uh, far more than when they helped individuals in the Great Recession. And they were just projecting that if we don't do something right now, then there's going to be an irreversible impact in our economy where we'll take literally decades to come back from this shutdown and from people not being at work and just the economic impact. Right. So it's extremely, extremely like precious time that we're on right now to act now and i think when it's it's in terms of like college students we always say college students are the future right mm -hmm. they're the projected workforce but we need to look at who exactly is graduating those are the millennials the gen z's right that are graduating mm -hmm. you know that they only stay at a job for 2.8 years that's yeah. why individuals don't want to hire people that are Gen Z because they're yeah. not a good um, expense for their business. They're really hanging on to those last uh, people that are like above over the age of retirement. They're not letting yeah. go. And those people aren't letting go of those jobs because of the high cost to like live in these big cities. Mm -hmm. But if we don't do something soon, then we will not be able to recover economically in like years decades well that's that's interesting that you bring that up because um you're you're referring to taking action on the covid relief rather than um student loan cancellation right i think it's a whole collection of things i okay. think yeah. it is covid but also we have to like like this topic that came about right it's signaling to a much deeper problem in america when it comes to the economic system and the opportunities that young people have in this country mm -hmm. and uh perhaps we'll get more into it later but yeah. i think like the very central message is that people now are starting to shift they don't care about becoming a doctor because they want to make money. You know what they care about, our generation? Mm -hmm. Having purpose, having meaning, going to a place where they're not going to waste their lives away because 
they've seen that reality in their parents. Like yeah. their parents are insanely unhappy. Right. And I think people are starting to wake up, at least young people, and wanting to do something for themselves. That's why we see the proliferation of these like I don't want to talk bad on like certain companies, but we all know those type of pyramid schemes that come about. You don't have to work um, the nine to five anymore. You get to make your own schedule. You get to have flexibility. Time right. is money, right? And they sell that really hard into the young person. And we've kind of grown up in this industry where we see YouTubers and we see just a flourishing renaissance of That's people me. doing whatever the fuck they want to <laughs> do and making money. It. Yeah. yeah, whoa, that's like well, a uh, dude. That's like I taking the conversation. Yeah, because yeah, you can take well, that. Well, but ways. it's very interesting. <laughs> I, li- I like that you brought that <laughs> up. Well, we're g- we're gonna get into it a little bit later. Um, and uh, just more specifically, just to give you an idea of what's to come. Um, I y- you you tapped on it a little bit, Diana. Um, the traditional route to you know going into your career as opposed to you know freelancing, YouTube writing, and finding mm-hmm. happiness. Podcasting. Podcasting, okay, I'm guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, got him. Um, yeah, but I, I think, oh, shoot. When it comes to, actually, I'll let you uh, add on to what she has to say, uh, so oh, I can collect okay. my thoughts for a second. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, well, okay, just to piggyback off of what she was saying too, and in general, when we look at the whole system, if we look at what things are like, how things are going on right now. We see that the people are suffering, but the companies, like, we've seen how Amazon has made so much money right now. Hey. Like, look, if you look at the stock market, Represent. it's actually not, yeah. sorry, <laughs> it's kidding. not that, like, um, bad. So everyone thinks, like, this is one thing that really bugs me because everyone's like, yeah, we care about the economy and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is that when we look at the way the system is set up, the people are the one who constantly suffer and these companies just keep getting richer and richer. And so when we talk about, like, millennials, millennials gen z and they're like oh yeah they're not spending like i've seen so many articles online they're not buying enough diamonds they're not buying enough this and it's like dude we don't even have money to spend right now like we have so like we're all gonna be in debt sooner or later or some of us might already be in debt um me (laughs) yeah that's one part i'm not looking forward to um but yeah so we have so much She's Sorry, like, sucks to be you. Sucks yeah. to be all of us, yeah. actually. Because, yeah, we're all going to be in debt. And everyone who's hearing this who decides to go to school, and even if you don't, like, some people, like, end up in debt for other reasons. Like, yeah. most of that wealth is already owned by us, like, the top 1% and so forth, blah, blah, blah. So there's just so much that we can go off of when it comes to that. But that's why it's important that we look at exactly what is being passed. Because when we look at the mm-hmm. bills that they're introducing, whether it be by Pelosi or McConnell or like Democrats, Republican, it doesn't matter. You actually have to look at what's going on. Because if we looked at certain ones too, um, I know like if like some like Republicans have argued that Pelosi's trying to add on these other things that have nothing to do with it. Um, which okay yeah that's true but like personally I there's certain parts that I was like oh you know that would be really cool but and like when we look at also like a McConnell like you have to look at what they're doing because what I've read upon is that a lot of them are trying to basically excuse these companies and say someone gets sick or like you know basically they're trying to deregulate what control that these companies have over their workers right. like so basically they can get away with a lot of things so that's why it's important that we look at how things are being done yeah yeah, that's I can and and, and especially off. for how you know people. I mean, this is sort of off topic, but I mm-hmm. think it definitely connects in some way for how people are going to be repaying their loans and yeah. 
and like you mentioned earlier to me off the record that oh, yeah. there were four different types yes. of, of ways to repay and and they were a little bit more complicated than then under the biden administration it yes. would become a little bit more simplified um there's a lot to get into with okay, that but go yeah. ahead okay so one thing let's go back because i feel like we keep honestly i knew all of this was going to happen because knowing frank diana ryan and i we always get off topic but going yeah, back to me. student debt, i've been wanting to bring oh it back okay. I, what are you guys talking about okay, student debt, let's bring <laughs> it back i just okay. I, what was the question i wanted this to sing whistle while you twerk i don't oh know my what God. you guys <laughs> all right student debt y'all so one thing that Ryan and I were talking about earlier is like I saw these videos and like I was trying to understand how you even how debt works. Right. Because a lot of us don't even understand that. We're never taught that. We're like, OK, I just we found have to out go like to two school. weeks ago. Yeah. See, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you don't know like a whole bunch of cause there's so much out there. And even people who are like who study this still have a hard time. Like there was this YouTuber. I forgot his name, but he like all his videos are about finances and so forth and he still has a hard time understanding it because one there are four ways to have like that repayment plan personally i'm not an expert and i don't understand that at all but when it comes to biden's plan the one thing that he was saying that was actually kind of good was that um he's trying to make it one simpler and just be one plan because that also brings apart like okay yeah so basically very complicated but one thing that i personally really found intriguing about that was that a lot of us don't know what we're getting ourselves into we're high school like a lot of us like are taught like okay when you're in high school you're senior like okay i have to go to college now what do i do and it's like okay i have to be able to pay for that what do i do i have to get loans yeah. most people end up having to I get loans sooner or that. later and so they're like kind of preying on us and it's like okay for you to get a better life and for you to do better in life and for you to go somewhere, you have to go get a college education, which one I, I appreciate college education because like, you know, that's it's a whole a, other it's a story. Trap. It's, somebody was mentioning to me off the record. Um, this person is unnamed, not naming, <laughs> not naming any names here, but uh, that it is basically a trap. That's all I wanted to say. Go ahead. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, I, like, I mean, there's, I, kind of agree but disagree there's uh, yeah there, there, that's a whole another topic but in general it's like we need to educate the youth about these things yeah. you know really quickly like i actually have a story about like accepting student loans so i go to a private university and it's a university that costs four fifty four thousand dollars right so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I told myself, okay, well, financial aid. Financial aid's going to help me. Like, Yay. you know what? Long story short is the other day I got a bill from the government saying oh. that I owe $6,000 that they gave me in unsubsidized loans. Yikes. I never knew what that meant when I was signing I was about this to ask that. Because <laughs> they don't tell you that. Yeah. They tell you that in the FAFSA you have to check all of these boxes in order for you to press next. Yeah. So you have to check these. Yeah. And it's a It's like signing off on different clauses, mm -hmm. right? It's like signing like a terms and agreement. Yeah. Like it's something that you just automatically have to click in order for you to process your application your in your loan. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that they have it in like asterisks, like not subsidized or like whatever X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But there's really no way to get out of that um, unless you explicitly tell FAFSA that you don't want this loan or you don't want this help right yeah um the language it's of this it's uh, of this agreement yeah it's definitely very tricky like even when i'm trying to get down and and just into the essence of it it could just be very it 
like Deanna was saying earlier with like how complicated the four types of repayment were. It's just definitely like it just does not make sense to you. You have to read through it a couple of times. And even for like a finance expert. Sounds like we need a lawyer beside us. It sounds yeah. like we need the government to simplify this. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they need to like explain it in videos, I feel, and just have. That's our language. You know like, what? Yeah, we're, we're all, our minds work like Trump's. We just, we need <laughs> images and we need graphs. Actually, can I say something? <laughs> I think we do have videos, but I skip through that shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> M- the probably. But well, yeah, but uh, but it, I mean, yeah. there's like different parts where it's like, okay, this is a parent per mystery note. Get mommy's and daddy's signature, and then they're not gonna look through that shit either because you know, yeah. yeah. Everyone so just signs it there's away. there's so much to it, and and yeah, but um, I want to go back to what Frank was saying earlier because he 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 mentioned that the majority of student loans actually are actually coming from graduate students, people that can can afford to pay over two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars in in debt, right? Uh, they can afford 400 like p- make those monthly payments of $400 or more and but i think w- i was reading an article that it's it's actually disproportionately affecting uh black and brown um minorities yeah. and first generation yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And, and i was reading an article where it's like there's a portion of students that don't actually make it to finishing undergrad and uh, you know take out ten thousand dollars in in loan debt and they're not able to pay it off because they're not able to like find you know a a decent and stable job it's like you were saying right the the average millennial average gen z usually stays there for about 2.8 years and and you know so they're living paycheck to paycheck and they don't have enough time to you know cover their own personal expenses nor do they have enough funds to cover student loan debt so it's like fuck i have to spend hundreds of hours on research just to kind of make my way through college because there are avenues to do it absolutely there are i mean there's there's fast web and and other you know websites that i can't name like automatically recall right now but it's you know there there are ways to do it without student loans but still it's just a pain in the ass and you like it is suffering it is suffering because you have to give up eating you have to give up your own like a healthy personal lifestyle and and it's like, no, you must give into the collective. No, and must. that's just normalized. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fucking normalized. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Yeah. We accept it. Yeah. I, yeah. And I and I totally agree with, with everything that you guys are saying. But at the same time, there also has to be some type of sacrifice. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be handing Absolutely. things for free, right? Right. But I do understand that this is, we live in America, the USA, right? Duh. But in the <laughs> sense, like, of. Duh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> In the sense that our culture has a very deep capitalistic neoliberal type of culture where you need to hustle, hustle, hustle. And if you're not if you're sleeping too much, you eat too much, you do anything too much, you're lazy. Yeah. And it's your fault that you're in poverty. And it's your fault that you're in the position that you're in because that is a mentality that has been bred upon us. It's like it's either you go to school or you're a loser or you don't go to school. You become an entrepreneur. That's it. Right. That's it. Yeah. I mean, we should be encouraging young people to do like more technical schools and because we need it. Um, Yeah. Like plumbing. And I mean, my dad tried to encourage me to to do plumbing. And, you know, obviously I was just like I had a very sardonic attitude about it. I was like, you know, what the hell do you want me? to? We outsource all of these individuals to come into the country because there's a large percentile of individuals who can't do very specific jobs like the H1B uh, program. 
I think I think a lot of us kind of cringed or at least have an opinion when you said a pretty big claim that. Okay. What was your? So one of the claim was no, that was just my my personal experience. Are you talking about you made a claim? No. Wait, what did he say? Someone made a claim. He said that that millennials should be more focused on vocational and technical schools. You said that they they should. No. Yeah. I got it. I didn't say that. We just have to clarify. Well, we have that recording. Let me clarify. Could I say something? Could I say something? Could I say something? Don't crucify him. Yeah. Donald Trump is the greatest president of all time. I'm just kidding. No. Okay. So I just said we should encourage young people to go to technical yeah that's what you said that's what we, we have a problem case, with <laughs> in case in in case uh-huh. the normal community college university or university so only mm-hmm. route is not suited for them okay see but that's the problem the problem is that it's only or they're not suited okay. for the university that's okay. what i meant okay okay i'm not saying that these things are bad because I respect any person who's doing whatever they're doing. That's their choice, as well as all jobs yeah. should be respected. Right. Because, of course. yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But two, what I don't agree with is that people should be forced into that. People should have the, uh, pe- not forced into that. That's but not what saying I was saying. That it's, I know you're not saying that. How dare lot, you? How dare oh you? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, get, I, I was trying to say is like you're, you're implanting you're that. Not, yeah, you're, what you're saying and the way you're saying it, it makes it sound that, okay, we all, since we can't, Look, school is too expensive. You shouldn't even try to attain these goals. You should Just find settle another for way. this. Yeah. Find another way. But what you're saying is people should settle for all of these things. And it's not like if that's what you are passionate about, go for it. Do it. Yeah. It should be respected. But the fact is, is that school is ridiculously. Re- oh, sorry. I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just. Ah, okay. School has the amount for tuition has increased drastically. We right. all are like we all have to freaking pay for all of those things. Right. Um, on top of that, it's not as accessible to every single person. So minorities, if like that's the type of mentality we have, minorities who are already stuck down there right. never have an avenue to go up. Yes, there are some avenues because, you know, right. YouTube, innovation, business, or like, you know, there are some avenues. But still, that doesn't mean that every single person is, as you said, suited for that or that might not be something that they like or enjoy. Yeah. Or whatever it may be, they might not be good at it because we all have different sh- different strengths and weaknesses. But yeah. the thing is that that's a whole nother situation, and it should be more accessible. Like student debt, that's not the that's an issue, but it comes from and stems from the fact that schools are so expensive and only accessible to those who can afford it. Right. Okay. Can I clarify now? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. So I was going off of what Deanna was saying. You know, we're normalizing. Don't blame me. <laughs> you said that first. No, but you were kidding. no, but yeah. you were you were kind of going over how you know it's either you're becoming an entrepreneur or you're going to mm-hmm. the university or you're becoming a graduate and and to whatever like study that's out there, right? The, the the one that's just socially acceptable. But what I was saying is that it's it's perfectly fine, and we should normalize uh, the fact that some people might want to go to uh, vocational schools. Mm-hmm. And I may I may have used mm-hmm. the wrong word by saying, oh, we should encourage them. Like I mean, that I mean, we should support them no matter what. Yeah. If they, if it's, yeah. if it's their yeah. own personal choice to go to these different institutions and and without being coerced into it, then that's yeah. that's perfectly normal. Like they could do whatever they want, janitorial duties, I mean, uh, janitorial services, plumbing, um, electricians, anything, yeah, welding. Well, yeah, welding Th- makes a lot of money. Yeah, like yeah. they're they're not bad things, but the thing is that, and we should. In- in- 
we should encourage individual growth at yeah. the same time. I think what Ryan was trying to say is that we penalize people for not going to school or for choosing a very specific career or we don't incentivize um, individuals that are in like the trade school, like women who want to be nail techs, like they truly want that. Yeah, if that's they what want they to be, want, then that's freaking right? amazing. You do what you're passionate about. Yeah. But really quickly, like I like how we touched like the subject of like tuition skyrocketing. Yes, that's the, that's the nail here, right? Yeah. Thank you. Really quickly, the. Like what yeah, I learned. Deanna was just trying to start a fight, and then I was just like trying <laughs> oh to defend Oh my gosh, you know? shut up. You were about to get canceled right yeah. now. Yeah. Like you said, the end was like. I don't believe Oh my god. Ryan has his nipples out. Yes, he does this. You often. could tell when Deanna gets triggered because she like. She's just like, like straight. Yeah. She's like, what did you say? Anyways, going record. back to tuition and why it's skyrocketing. Research universities are faltering. Because the federal government is mm. supposed to give them the majority of the funding for these research universities, whether you're researching in sociology, whether you're researching microbiology or any type of STEM of research, because every university is essentially mm -hmm. research. Right. So w the problem is, is that the government isn't giving money to these uh, universities in order for them to develop their programs. So instead, these universities have to make up the money. Where do they make them up? They find private funding and private entities. And if they can't find that type of funding, guess what they do? They pay it off the backs of the students because there's just no backing and no money yeah. for all of the administrative costs and all the research costs, right? And another thing that just gets me so invigorated is that we look at the stats of like the majority of debt right who is it owed to because ever since 2008 these banks aren't giving out student loans i thought that a bank of america was going to give me a student loan when i first entered at concordia they told me flat out we ma'am we haven't been giving student loans since 2008 yeah and i was like oh so who gives them they're like the government yeah really? oh, the yeah. government owns the majority of the loans it's 90 percent. yes yeah so it's like why wouldn't they cancel a large percentage of that why because the government themselves they doesn't want to lose that money well so that's interesting that you bring that up because the higher active education actually authorizes them to to do that if they so please um, they can waive off all of student loan debt under the Department of Education if they wanted to. And they can by bypass Congress. This is like the executive authority. And yeah. there have been experts out there, lawmakers yeah. that study at Harvard that have come out on the record and said that this is actually possible. You do not need. I mean, there might be lawsuits. There will definitely, definitely be lawsuits, but they, yeah. they can do this. I mean, if, if the Biden administration so pleases. But I think... One of the last things that I'll bring up for this segment in particular is that I I'm more I'm I'm sort of on the fence about canceling all student loan debt. I think mm. I think we should definitely cancel at least ten thousand dollars of it because we have to look at how much people have. Wait, okay, so I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, cancel ten thousand. Can, cancel ten thousand. But yeah, I was gonna bring up something else. Okay, go ahead, Deanna. Yeah, so, like, I really – I'm for the idea of, like, taking off, like, a certain amount of people's student loan debt, but we need to look at the moral hazard, right? It sets a precedent that the federal government is able to overstep, right, and grant these individuals an opportunity in education, but then at the same time, the flip side is able to forgive. 
So it sets up a precedent for people to not really look to the future if the government is always going to bail them out or if the government is always going to screw them over. I I talked about that earlier, and I'm not sure if you you caught that. But yeah, like you're you're definitely definitely, uh, touching on some valid points there. Yeah. Uh, Dan, did you have any thoughts? I want to hear from Frank. He hasn't spoken in a cool minute. Yeah, Frankie, come on. I'm learning a lot. (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's he's doing last minute research. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> not. I'm just He's like how to counteract I, yeah, I really Republicans. Am not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just uh, okay, fine, I'm doing research. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. No, it's not it's cuz you brought up about how when you were talking about how uh the the government owns the student loan debt um and like how re- research universities, you know, they get a lot of uh, or they're supposed Fit, to get a yeah. lot of money. Um, I was just researching the, <coughs> what's it called, the Moral Land Grant Act. I don't know if you guys know what this this is, but this was no. a pivotal no. moment in uh, higher educational history where the U.S. Congress provided grants that of land to states to fa- finance the establishment of colleges. Um, so pretty much um, this, this um, act allowed um, states to open their own uh, colleges. And it all started from there. Oh, and like Cal State, like Long Beach, Beach, and like yeah. things like that. I think it's really oh. important, and also not just That's for not just for us, but for everyone and everyone listening. I think it's really important to look at the history, um, because it actually in the history it actually turns out that uh, it was it was earlier this decade or, or in the two thousand decade where um, where colleges they were um, let me see they were going they were losing a lot of enrollment by students, mm-hmm. you know and yeah. And so what they had to do is they had to kind of change their philosophy, change the way that they conduct uh, business, essentially, you know, from, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, so they, they had to, um, you know, a- adjust their curriculum and what they had to offer. So I think that's what's going to happen now yeah. uh, with, with college now, because I, I know Diana early brought up earlier that a lot of a lot of millennials, Gen Z, you know, like we want to express ourselves more. We're looking for purpose rather than security. Right. Um, and so colleges are going to have to switch their, I know this is a different topic, but you asked me to talk, um, <laughs> but this was, I was just that I was thinking about. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, de- de- definitely. And that is a perfect segue into what we're going to be talking about next. Um, I, I'm going to leave it right here. Uh, we're about to go into a five minute break, but um yeah, uh, so with that in mind, I want us to discuss the culture at college campuses, what our own experiences have been like, uh, and if if it's becoming more leftist and woke and dangerous oh, as, you know. as, as the, uh, the people on the far right like Ben Shapiro, Stephen Crowder, and so forth have come out and stated. So more of that when we return. Oh. Three, two one and we're back with uh my very beautiful very special very lovely guests guests <clears throat> uh so guys i have one more question for you um and what and by what i mean by one more question i mean one more segment um well after that i i want to get your reaction for a few things but let's let's delve into it shall we so um I just to give you some background onto what I'm about to say. I was listening to Ben Shapiro the other day, and uh, just randomly, all right. Well, 
actually you should. At, yeah i'm just kidding no uh <laughs> of course not but I, I was i was listening to what he was saying for the student loan uh debate and whether we should cancel it or not and obviously being who he is he wanted to cancel it but he gave uh he also mentioned a very like some very specific things so mm-hmm. um wait he wanted to cancel no, he, student he wanted want to, he wanted he to cancel didn't. he he wanted to cancel no, didn't want to cancel. Yeah, sorry. Oh. Did you okay. I was I'm, like, what? I was like, I, so confused. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, okay. I'm tripping, I'm tripping up a little bit. So, but he said, he mentioned something very interesting. So according to Shapiro, people with humanity uh, and other nonsense degrees, as he so claims. Um, <laughs> oh. So, I Women mean, studies. What, you queer, that, huh? queer dance theory. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, are That's not, not funny, but yeah. And you touch he on. He says it. Okay, but you touched on this in your in one of your answers to my questions or a little bit earlier in this in this episode is that some some degrees are not useful in the job market. Some gr- no. some degrees in the university are not useful, okay? So, um my question to you guys, everybody, and mm-hmm. anybody could respond to this. Are our institutions factories for activists or do they give us real life marketable skills? They are neither. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Are they in between? No. Can I say? Can I start off with this answer? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course you can. Activist in what sense? Activist meaning um, for social change. Social change. Yes, I think higher education institutions think that they're in the business of creating like individuals that will stand up for change, but I think social media has done that more effectively. Exacerbated a little bit more. No, it is the cause for these individuals to go out in the streets and protest. That's that's an interesting point because I uh, I saw this movie called The Social Dilemma. I'm not sure if you guys have heard I of it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. But it, it definitely has um, widened the disparity between conservatives and, and liberals. Yeah. And it's just becoming a lot worse. Like if you're, you're literally creating this filter for yourself where you're not like, you know, accepting any uh, like opposing ideologies like opposing information that good and 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 so in that sense like you see something that you disagree with there's some cognitive dissonance going on can i make another point too on why universities aren't necessarily creating people for the job market or for activism is because a lot of the education now especially with the rona is because um we don't pay attention we don't take (laughs) <laughs> courses seriously yeah, we like have you guys met somebody that is like super super devoted to that discipline i very have few. not or very few right yeah. like experts in yes, science tec- but technology it, at our level as pe- we are bachelor students hasn't that not gotten like like into your mind like we are supposed to be experts in this s- discipline and well, we're actually, not yeah, I no i don't that. think so though wait can i just really quickly wait, touch upon the activism actually before you before that um deanna i could i I'm, i want to say something for the record you are conservative republican that's that's you're you're more right-leaning than the other guests here on the show yeah. and frank and it, frank does not like to subscribe to I, I, any yeah. ideology yeah. at least he does not like mm. to state that yeah i'm going to assume but Deanna is more left-leaning than what anything. Wait, what are you? But I don't like to no, no, it's, it's not that simple. Yeah, it's not that simple. I can't. Honestly. I can't just identify as left. We gotta. Can we establish it. one truth here at this table? Okay. I think we're all sexy. looking. Oh. Yeah. First of all, yeah, we're all really sexy. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I heard sexist. I'm like, I'm I, not I am not. Then yeah. secondly, and I think. Do you guys we want to take off our clothes? You're like, you know, okay. no, yeah, no, this is not the type of party. I'm sorry. Sorry. Long podcast. I'm just kidding. Because we're all sexy, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, all right. I, I get off top. With clothes on only. <laughs> just kidding. 
<laughs> I'm Mormon. Who? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Right, so, um. Mormon. What's the truth? Mormon. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I can't believe you. No, wait. That. You need to cut that out, bro. Okay. That's gonna offend somebody. Okay. Oh, no, I mean, it's not, not even true. I mean, they have I'm less men actually. Because <laughs> oh one God. husband. I am so triggered right now. Oh <laughs> you guys. <my> God. <laughs> Yo. More, more men. Okay. I'm okay. trying to say okay. something. Okay. Bro. Okay. Okay. Deanna, what's the what's Can your truth? What's the truth that you want to establish? Yeah. yeah. Cut that out. The truth that I want to establish is that I think. Yes, we could all disclose what we are politically, but at the end of the day, I think if we were um, to face like a very hard decision, like me, I wasn't like when the whole Black Lives Matter movement occurred and a lot of Republicans were like scam, like, you know, all this different type of rhetoric. Their rhetoric was disgusting. It was truly as a Republican. I saw myself and I said, no, this man died. Yeah. And I think at this table, the point that I'm trying to make is that we share even though we disagree in policy in the avenues in which we will garner that, I think we really agree like the central issues of our country and those people that are being affected, whether you're Republican or Democrat, you know that there's a problem. And I think the avenues in which uh, they try to like solve those problems are just different, you know? So I think right. like at this table, we're more of like truth seekers. We're yeah. more of like defenders and advocates of like things that are just, I don't want to say like unfair, but things that are just wrong. Yeah, they're yeah. unjust. Yeah, unjust. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, Dee. Oh, no. What were you going to say? You're fine. Okay, no, piggybacking off of your question and what she has been saying regarding activism in schools, the schools aren't the ones who started that activism. Mm-hmm. If we look at the history of the people and the students in the train of thought. Okay, so jumping off of what she had said regarding piggyback. Oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought activism in schools it didn't start by the schools the schools are the ones who are barely catching up so act like schools aren't breeding activists Uh, the reason we have activism in school is because people collectively came together and said what we we don't like this so we want to do something about it so they started forming groups whether it be clubs and so forth and that's how it started the reason we have so much activism is because the students were tired of the being treated a certain way or they wanted to see you know it depends like honestly i know the history of the california dream network and basically there were high school students and docu folks who wanted to pursue a higher education and saw that the system was not helping them and so what did they do they formed a coalition they started you know going together started different clubs in different schools at the, their respective universities where they went to and that's how they started act like you know doing so much to try to help the community and that's how a lot of like stories start a lot of different activism regarding like whatever it is that you're act like um advocating for these things are started by the students not the universities the universities are barely catching up when it comes to curriculum they're like okay we see that the students are really into this so maybe we should change it up a bit and actually talk about these things and as deanna said social media has helped so much and so because of that now they're like okay we should kind of focus on this now because it's actually relevant Mm -hmm. which is good but it all started with the students and that's one thing that i will always you know give them props for and i'm so thankful that they did because because of all of the work that these past students have done we at least have more like i I appreciate everything they've done for me because as an indocu folk they were able to pass so many things that have helped me now and all of us i mean of course it's like it's a free market you know school's a business and they're gonna freaking open up classes that you know that promote activism and stuff but like see that. the students are the ones who advocated yeah, for those classes saying, yeah yeah exactly yeah. it all goes back to the students um yeah i think you're definitely right 
with the fact that you know universities aren't teaching activism like we they're like english and poli sci classes they're more so having a discussion about it or just yeah. that, that neoliberal and 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 neoconservative policies and just teaching those concepts so it's not that professors are actively going out of their way to just to m make you socially aware it's more clubs yeah. and that's just that's just d definitely been my experience with it so like um but yeah there's there's so much to get into and like with in terms of free speech and terms of republicans mm. because like with my yeah. my experience with the college that i've been to at, at least rio for so far rio rio hondo community college like we all uh, went like, to that yeah, college by the way just for the background right i i never came across uh like a right wing group and i mean there there was a church group but i mean and and they came and they they talked about why like the morality of abortion and why it should be illegal and i mean they've they've been attempts but those are definitely from older generations and not so much student groups on campus but my experience it has just definitely been left leaning and there hasn't been a discussion as to like you know the implications about policy i mean the, 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 you don't like if i could I, speak yeah, actually on that i a couple years ago, just for context and everybody knows, I used to be extremely Republican. Extremely. I used to be make America great again. I heart Donald Trump. You know, I when I was little, I like read Donald Trump's books and I'm like, yes, I want this man to be president. Right. So in me too. In 2016 <laughs> in 2016 and 2017, I was super adamant about Donald Trump and Republican policies. And going back to like an institution like Rio Hondo, I found that I wasn't alone. There was a lot of students there. But were there uh, like Republican groups? Yes. No, no I'm not. No, not, not like not, not like I mean clubs. No, no. Because you, you want to you know can't. why? Because I don't want to point fingers or <laughs> say that it's somebody's fault. But no. it truly is like the club council. The club council. Well, actually, the AS. Okay. Like can I speak like on that? I have I, a few I, people I, that I don't like on there, and a few people that I blame for all of the mishaps that I dealt with. Yes, okay. <laughs> I love everyone on there. Okay, just for clarity, though, <laughs> actually, the thing is, as you said, there's actually no Democratic club or Republican club in, like, as community colleges. I don't know but how the UC systems But we can't deny that, works. like, the well, like, attitudes are there. Yeah, the attitudes are there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But legally at least for Rio and the majority of community colleges. I don't know how the UC system, system works as well, just because I'm, I'm barely new. It was my first quarter, yeah. and I, it's all Zoom. Anywho, um, yeah, so when it comes to that, the thing is we can't, like, no school, AS, they can't take any positions regarding whether it's, like, Dem Democrats or Republicans. You can't, legally, you can't, because your funding then gets, like, off. So that's why there's not, there's a reason why you can't start a Republican club or a Democratic club, but you can start like, for example, we had the undocumented or the undocumented club students without borders, but we were able to advocate for students. So you can do you can advocate for students, but you can't specifically. Can I ask a genuine a, question? Yes. How is that not political? Everything's political if you think about it. But but the thing is, like, we're not. Yeah. Pre-law is political as well. I Everything's I didn't political. Pre-law is political. The things you talked about. No. Like, is it inherently political? We just did, like, charity work. Not necessarily. Okay, but no, but in general, like, the thing is, we never were like, oh, yeah, we're all Democrats, oh. or we, like, endorse Democrats. You can't do that. 
you have there's certain rules Maybe and that's in why your era is, was becoming political it was it definitely yeah. was <laughs> we were at one point shit we were talking about north korea okay, okay. we're back um are we allowed to talk about this you, well okay so just for context i was i was the president for pre-law but yeah i w- just to go off of what you were saying in my era i i definitely had a few club meetings where i was talking about things like gun control north korea but they, uh, those are more like legal but they're education yeah you know, but that's still politics but you're being educational about it Us too. well I, that's I was <laughs> no of course not i, I mean yeah. like our club didn't take a side on it or i mean we were obviously against north korea i mean it was just oh God. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody in america would agree yeah. yeah but i definitely wanted us to have a discussion about it and it was just more so about you know getting club members to come back and talk about things rather than like oh these is a serious issue that we have to address you know what i'm saying it was yeah. just more like, oh, this is a cool club that we have going on, and maybe we could talk about politics. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, yeah. see, everything in general is political. Even education. We're talking about student debt and how that, like, you know, is going to be canceled earlier. Everything, in, pretty much, honestly, almost everything is political. Um, but the fact is you just can't be, in, like, endorse anyone or, like, blah, blah, blah. But you can stand for what you believe is right, and you can be like, oh, we want to advocate for students, or this is what we want, because you have that right to do so. So, in general, schools all function different differently, so you have to look into that. I know a lot about that just because I was, like, part of, like, all of these different things. Right. But, yeah. I don't think Rio – I think we're discrediting Rio because I think Rio no, has really yeah. – No, but no, in the right. sense of, like, like – like for the Republican side, because I just want to put it on the record that there was like a large group of like pro uh, pro choice individuals. Oh, no, yeah. I'm excuse me. Pro life. individuals. Pro, yeah, they literally put so much. Yeah, they okay. li- they literally Sorry, put Deanna. all these humongous posters in the walkway. I'm not talking about little crazy. posters. Oh. This oh, was like a ride, a roller coaster. Like, of like how that's how big oh, it yeah. was. It was humongous. There um, were people just, that were so pissed about that. No. Well, oh, yes. no, yeah, everyone I was would fighting be triggered that. if I had an abortion or something even similar. Just looking at that image is yeah. terrifying. I was scared. I was like, what is this? You yeah. know? Um, so I don't think that Rio Hondo is like, um, like an institution that like censors speech at all. No, I think not at all. They have a free speech area. They have a free speech yeah, area. You're, yeah, there's an air designated area. Every school has to have that where basically anyone can show up and talk about anything or present anything. Well, so I'll give you one example. Um, there was, there was a, uh, a day where, uh, some random guy had like a bible in his hand and he's like walking <laughs> oh back and forth yeah. and he's in front of the bookstore and you know he eventually attracts more and more attention and so uh, me being uh, curious as to what he was saying uh, of course it was like more right wing and he was talking about like how our school system is failing how us as a generation were failing and he was like just this older dude in his early 40s and he's going around and he's acting crazy but i mean like a lot of the things that he was saying kind of made sense and so you know people were like getting closer they were they were forming a semicircle around him and they were and they were they were like let's just let's hone in on what he's saying and so you know one of the people from the uh the student the as board you know the people that are in charge of clubs she came out and and then you know she had like a big sign and she put it in front of them and she says she she interrupted him and she goes hey everybody just to let you know i'm putting a trigger warning here i'm i you can you can listen to him but if for those of you that are offended by what this man is saying come into the student union right now so we could talk about it 
and and those weren't her exact words but i mean she made a big display like right in front of the men and then and then a lot of students around her were saying well how is he how is he triggering and then and or and then and then this guy was also saying like well how am i triggering you and then he said i guess maybe he said something slightly controversial but there are what did he say do you remember i don't but uh, did people go to the student union to join this individual that put out the trigger warning uh I was focused on what he was saying, but then eventually I went to class. But there are examples like that and, you know, of security guards intervening, of people getting, you know, upset. And yeah, it's... I think we're very blessed because the culture that we come from, the community college culture, we're very accepting people in the sense Mm -hmm. where it's like, let me listen to you. Like, what do you have to say? Because if that happened at an institution that is a little bit more left-leaning... Um, can I say an institution? Berkeley. Berkeley. Yes, sir. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've had experiences at Davis, too, you know. You'd get punched in the that. face. Have you seen those? Look, this is where I think Ben Shapiro yeah. kind of has a point, mm-hmm. a slight point, where Antifa can go on these schools or individuals that go to that school. Like, and if you disagree and you're saying something like remotely what that man is saying, even like a couple scales down, yeah. you're going to get punched in the face and oh, you're going to be met with violence. Okay, see, one thing I don't it's, agree it's with group is It's It's Orwellian and yeah, it's definitely okay, unhealthy. Well, I'm going to throw that in there without actually like fully explaining it. But let me, let me ask a question. Does violence invalidate what they're saying? Please. If somebody punches you like, you know, like like how Diana was saying, you know, like if if like you know Antifa or whatever, like if they're if they're being violent towards you, does that invalidate what they say? You know, like like Black Lives Matter protests. You know, like just because there's a lot of looters and stuff and shits going down, does that invalidate the reason why they're protesting in the first place? And I think that's the if problem I, here. If I could say something really quick, there's a philosopher that says it is better to suffer an injustice than to commit one and i think these people mean well i think they're they are they mean well right they are upset that there is a racist police officer that will literally be on somebody's neck for what eight to nine minutes and kill this man despite whatever you think or what position you're in america you should get angry about that but i think they hurt the wrong individuals because they were targeting um like small businesses that were owned by black you know owners and there were black owners that were boarding it up and they were saying look we support this cause we didn't want this man to die we agree that these police officers are bad and that they're racist but please don't hurt my business and please 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 don't go in and loot because it's hurting me a black owner or a person of color and i think that is also very valid so i think violence is also perpetualized so if you meet people with violence then it's only going to be an ongoing cycle well, well, here's the thing. Look, real quick. Um, so you got these two opposing sides. They're they're having a, a food fight, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know the. I mean, they're 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 valid reasons. You know the the right. You know they they say like these looters and stuff. They shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, they shouldn't. Like that's. Yeah. I, I I'd agree with that. But then at the same time, the left saying, well, like you know, you got to reform the police system, whatever, blah blah blah, and you see. The thing that I that really, you know, I understand why it's happening, but the truth gets lost in all this. The emotions, like the truth gets lost in it and wouldn't even talk about the actual issue anymore. Now we're just we're so like 
involved in our emotions and you know and then it turns into violence and we never get anything done right. you know so i i also had this question i wanted to uh uh raise up earlier is that why why do some people like are against like sjw's like why why well, is that I, even a, i don't why think is that even a i don't think i was ever against them but um, not you per se but like like why is that no, why I, do people like look down I on th- them i think yeah, SJW it definitely has <laughs> such a negative connotation and or activist rather, uh, you know, I, I know that's just the word that they they use for for them. Yeah, but like just people who are I was I was protesting. using the I was using the type of framing that Ben Shapiro was making, and so that's why I originally posed the question the way that I did. Yeah. So I was I was speaking to you as if I was Ben Shapiro. Okay, well, okay, why? Okay, well then why would Ben Shapiro like? I, and I'm pretty sure he he said okay, this before. So why would someone like Ben Shapiro say, like, what's the reasoning behind, you know, going against activism? Is because are they're annoying or something, or like, what's the? No, he just he doesn't necessarily agree. But Ben Shapiro, like, a lot of the things that he's saying are problematic, and I'm not like, (laughs) I'm not saying like, not just because you know the the things are implicitly racist or, you know, that like uh, the other things that he says are controversial, but like he does not believe what sociologists. Uh, he does not validate like sociology as his field of study like he like you know if you're an expert if you're a graduate student if you've come out and you've written all these books and you've done all this research and you say hey look this is like this is what the data shows actually, like can ben I shapiro say something to that ben shapiro will actually go on record and say no that's th- that's a, a logical fallacy that's an argu- that that does not work in an argument because it's it's authority right Kay. because it's yeah. it's a it's a what do you call that it's like uh Reason by authority. Reason by authority, exactly. Can I say something really quickly? Mm-hmm. Look, I don't believe everything that Ben Shapiro says, but if there's something that my years of radicalness has taught me, right, uh, was to really look into these sociological studies and look at the methods, because every sociological study has a method, and a lot of them are erroneous. You know, you want to know what why? Does that mean? It's um, they're erroneous, not because like they're bad. <laughs> they're bad in the sense of like the objective that they're trying to get. But in statistics, you first have to ask a hypothesis and that hypothesis. You use it through a method of testing. And sometimes the sample size is too small. Sometimes the sample size is too big and they get er- errors. That's what I mean by erroneous. But then they uh. use. No, no, wait, hold on. But then they use that very same um, statistic. And because of the rhetoric that's going on. They're more likely to be like, okay, let me go send that to my peer. Okay. Let my peer review that. And the peer, because they like what is being said in the sociological study, they're going to yeah. be like, I like this. They send it to another peer, and that's okay. how it gets peer reviewed. Okay, where did you hear that information? That information, I heard it from Ben Shapiro, but then I was looking. <laughs> yes, and I understand that. But then I was looking at different people like Jordan Peterson. And he is like a clinical psychologist where he saw that. But Joe Rogan, too, has presented like different guests on his shows where a lot of these individuals, they're seen as kind of like outcasts from like their like discipline. But they kind of make the point. I'm not saying that every single sociological study out there is false and erroneous in their method. Right. What I'm saying is that. We need to look a little bit closer as to what is being presented as truth because we need to remember that we are evolving in knowledge 
and we're evolving as humans and sometimes what is truth isn't actually necessarily the whole truth yeah. and we just need to be very wary and yeah. cautious I don't, about I don't it. think it's just sociology anyway. with, with that yeah, it could be statistics in general yes one thing I've always said is I hate statistics it's okay <laughs> because you can literally manipulate anything that's the problem with it and that's why Diana does bring up a good point that we actually have to look into what we are reading or what facts are being said because sometimes data can be easily manipulated and I'm not saying they all do that all the time because a lot of these studies honestly I think they have a lot of truth to them but it's important that we just like don't just take some random statistic out from anywhere and mm -hmm. believe whether it doesn't matter whether it's a Republican or a Democrat saying it you just have to do your own research as well and I know that's hard but in general statistics manipulate anything they so. teach us that they, in te statistics. Yes, they literally teach you they're reject like reject the null yes. or accept the null what is it or, no there's fail like, to reject yeah but then they also yeah. have even the curve and like the what is it called uh something with confidence distribution yeah because the distribution oh, is then there's a 0.95 then 0.99 and so there's like yeah statistics uh, shout out to my uh, statistics <laughs> just kidding. i barely passed statistics statistics to me i mean i i get i got it it was easy but like it's just stupid i don't think it wasn't I don't easy for me real math <laughs> i'm i i'm personally good Wait, at you should math. just take take took in like psychological stats oh i heard that uh, class was harder like that class 98 percent so, yeah well, it, same. It, I, I heard it was like kind of relative you know, like it's um, it's easier for some and then yeah, harder for others. Yeah, that's true. I've heard yeah. that too. You have to like kind of have like a love for like philosophy because it's kind of like that. It's like a logical proof almost. If yeah. this equals this, then this is it's like it's too much, bro. It's it's yeah. But in general, it's important that we don't just like or like oh look this factor like blah blah. blah. We do have. But to going back to social justice warriors. Yeah, let's get yeah. Right? yeah. I was I, I was literally thinking the same thing. I I I mostly agree with what the left has to say on a lot of issues, and I think you know people like ben shapiro stephen crowder crowder are like to belittle like the most radical examples of what the exactly. left does like they'll look at oh my god dude i saw uh i saw an interesting tyt uh segment where they were talking about what this is this is especially relevant because this is recent so uh they she they did a response to ben shapiro's on elliot page do you do you guys do you guys know what who no. that is, what is that? so uh Elian Page, uh -huh. or I mean, Elliot. Ellen Page had recently transitioned to Elliot Page, and they, oh, really? they're, yeah. they're a male now. That person happens Whoa. to be a male. Their pronouns are they Can and he. Can someone show me a picture so I know who we're talking about? Yeah, he, it's, the, it's the actor from... Actor or, yeah. Actor, actor. from yeah. Uh, Inception and uh, I think a few other notable roles. The Umbrella Academy. So they were responding to a video, and, and so... Yeah, go ahead and show her the picture. Um, that's cool. I, I known her for Hard Candy. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. Um, All right. So Elliot Page, um, you know that's the that's the actor actor from Inception. Uh, and so Tyt Ben Shapiro was talking about the person, and they were like, "Well, they're biologically a, a female," and and this doesn't make sense because they were saying that he's a gay man, but he's he's obviously married to a woman. So at the, the left is not making any sense. And oh, come on, man. Let's be. Yo, he's <laughs> being accurate, though. That's his voice. No, I, I, I'm playing around, yeah, but yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just giving you some context and in a fun way. But listen, <laughs> it, but, 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 like TYT, the reporters were were looking at Ben and they were saying, "Who the fuck cares? 
who like who cares about like what another person identifies with who who they sleep with that's none of their business and mm-hmm. and the right seems to like just hyper focus on it at times i mean they come at, they literally come out with a new video on transgenderism like every not that it's an ism but i'm just yeah. i'm Harry kind of phrasing sounds, it that I don't way. Sound... let me wait yeah. sorry let Go me finish ahead. um so you know there, there there tends to be like this you know just fixation on it for some reason and they were saying let it go um and one of the guys one of the other reporters from tyt his name is john something but he was on that segment and he says he was having a conversation with this other reporter from the daily wire named michael knowles and michael knows you know he he's usually the one to come up with these reports and and he says i was having a three-minute conversation about just our careers and and we were you know not talking about anything related to politics and then all of a sudden he brings up a story about transgenders michael like, knowles yeah it's like why do you do that but um bum and we're back uh to talking about michael knows and how obsessed he is with the transgender community uh dana what are your thoughts on that Ooh. yeah um i like michael knows but i think you're right i think it is a, a weird obsession yeah um those guys from the daily wire there's not one episode that i don't watch from the daily wire or like a video from michael knowles that they don't bring that up so i think you have like a very valid point but transgender community is very uh logically incorrect facts and logic i'm gonna destroy them with facts and logic (laughs) you know what i was thinking it just occurred to me I feel like they might feel like they're being demasculated. How do you say it? Demasculated. Demasculated. Oh, when Harry Styles was wearing a dress. Exactly. Oh they were yeah. like, well, not enough men are wearing uh, suits. I don't understand God, that, so that. I'm a Republican, and I truly don't care if Harry Styles wants to wear a dress. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about that. You do what you want to do. I, I always follow I know, TYT. I know why that is. I want liberty I for the like, country, and exactly that means that accepting Wait. trans individuals yeah. and accepting gay individuals into the con- <laughs> like into like our culture. Yeah. That is what true republicanism should be. You're accepting right. liberty. You're on the side of freedom. So yeah. why do we restrict people's freedom is the question that I'm trying to ask. Because the Republicans that I know from the very beginning were freeing the slaves. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. It's like. And I don't think Ben Shapiro is even Republican either. He's libertarian. No, well, he votes Republican. Well, yeah, because the Libertarian Party can't win yeah. in America. <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't think he would vote for the Libertarian Party. I think he's uh, yeah. more. Th- we, no, he's definitely more conservative than he is a Libertarian. And he stated that. for. The I record. think he says he's conservative. And I, and I just like want to make it clear. There's a difference between being conservative and Republican. Yeah, of course. Right. Right. Just on the record. No, of course. <laughs> I, people I, need I, to agree that. I agree with you. Frank, uh, you seem uh, your body language has changed. Do you want uh, Did you have something to say? Add? No, I'm just observing uh, how you guys talk. Oh, um, for sure. I can definitely, from my observation, see that although you're a passionate, uh, when you talk about so passionate that uh, we reared off into transgender topics and instead of uh, college <laughs> student debt. Student debt. Yeah, because that's what you guys want to. I'm not going to hold your hand. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, Deanna, did you did you want any add any thoughts? What were we talking about? I know, originally? I kind of lost my. Yeah. We were talking about school culture. Right. I think 
yeah, we've basically covered the, uh, all there is to, to talk about with that. I mean, our disposition uh, is definitely shaped by the experience that we've all had. And, you know, it's pretty similar. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's been a roller coaster of a ride. We're obviously facing uh, some, a little bit of uh, a distance from the rest of our, our culture because uh, of the fact that we're doing it remotely. But guys, uh, I just want to finish this podcast off by showing you a couple things, uh, getting a reaction, and and just really ending it on a lighthearted note. So here we go. Oh I hope you all could see it. I'm scared. Oh, you better Ter- be. Terrified. I yeah. <laughs> all right. Signal to us when you want us to laugh. <laughs> Is that the signal? Oh, oh God. My God. What was that? So Miley Cyrus... So Miley Cyrus, uh, she released this on Rolling Stone. She has her her boobies out, uh, and tongue, with some sunglasses. Do you guys? Can you guys all see? I'm Nothing blind. I haven't seen before. Yeah. Really? Yeah. This is her. Oh wow. Is this, I, this, I'm gonna, is, this I'm is gonna def- do some deep research tonight. This is oh definitely a. <laughs> this is definitely a fashion statement. I like it. Okay. What about it? What do you mean she? Oh, what? Well, what's your reaction? What do you think? I don't care. I don't care either. See, and I okay, don't want to be okay. like I don't care. Okay, look, <laughs> no, I, I, I know, I know why you're going. I know you're yeah. going with this. Um, okay, there is backlash of the and, and see, this oh. is this is okay. No, this is the same. Yeah. Uh, you made the point about um, demasculating, like they feel demasculated. Okay, so the reason why oh. look the reason why people, I, I men, I would assume it's mostly men, like. You know, or maybe even women too. Some conservative women. Yeah. So they grew up at a time where you know, they they dress more modestly, right? Or like they they. Oh yeah. People back then w- were more possessive, over. Oh. They were more possessive over their partners, right? Oh. Yeah. So whenever a guy looks at a woman like that, like sh- and, and, and having her boobies out like that, they they say like that's not okay because, back then. People were more, I guess you can say, more um, concerned for their survival. They were more egotistical, and so back then they viewed women as almost like 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 property. A property, right? So when a man looks at that, they they immediately think that's not okay. That yeah. is not okay, you yeah. know, because it's an extension of it. So the same thing is going on with uh, with Harry Styles wearing that dress because oh. they have an image of what a yeah. ma- they grew up yeah. with a certain image of what a man should be. So yeah. when they see a, a man with the dress, it actually offends them. It actually yeah. makes Toxic. them emotional. You would think, you would think, who the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares why yeah. Harry Styles wearing a dress? Yeah. No, they do care because it fucks with their image of themselves yeah. and who they are as a man. Well, they can't let that go. Inherently, there's nothing yeah. wrong with Miley Cyrus with their yeah. boobs out like that. Inherently, there's nothing wrong with Harry Styles wearing a dress. In reality, it Wait. does not fucking matter. It's yes. just a projection yes, of is. the self-image of men. Mm-hmm. There, there is, is there is a problem with that photo. Women's. I'm not in the photo, okay? That's the problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, uh, no, I'm just joking. No, uh, Frank has an interesting point. In fact, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day. We were talking about marriage um, and the fact that... Okay, I, it, it was Deanna. Yeah. I, I, was, I was having it with you. And... Uh, and and she was saying, well, the, the marriage is set up so that you know men are handing the woman off to another man, and then it's like yes. it's like you're giving property away to someone else. And it's like property, 
and and because like I've I've associated with the beauty of of marriage for a long time, like I've I, it's almost mm. like a part of myself, like Frank was saying, right? It's like the image that we project, and and so I was just like so you know adamant and like not and not have that image being tainted as as having marriage being pure like like a bond between a man and a woman as as i had or conceptualized a man and a woman and a woman no i mean just for but, my but, own, for but, my but own his, personal yeah. set yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um right so yeah and and you know when we see something that's just you know out of our our worldview uh, yeah, it pisses us off. So I could definitely see what you're, you're yeah, because yeah, because back then it's like uh, as a man, you're looking at a woman in a way in which how how can she serve me? Yeah, what can she do for me? You know, and that's how that's where it stems from. You know, like like you want her to cook for you. Like they they it's almost like it's o- it's almost like their purpose of the woman was to serve the man. Right. Yes. What, you know? Wait, one more thing, Deanna. I actually I saw something from Uber Facts today that said uh, like daughters that see their their dads do chores are actually uh more ambitious like there's a co- there, like <laughs> there's a core there's a correlation between that interesting yeah oh, i so, saw my dad do chores all the time and i think that really explains it then nice. but um no what i was gonna say is like going back to this marriage concept right um right now i'm studying medieval history Ooh. and it's really interesting that these women we're facing the same problem. Yes. That they didn't want to get married to be subservient to men. So you know what they did? What in did they med- do? In medieval history, they, like Julia Julia of Norwich, she decided to conserve her virginity. And at that time, conserving your virginity and not having sex with a man was seen to be more spiritual and you're able to become a nun. Holy, yeah. There was a lot of these women that were entering these nunneries and monasteries because they did not absolutely Holy did not shit. want to be subservient to the man is and there is there anecdotal evidence for that like di- like diaries yes and st- julia, like stuff from that area google julia of norwich um she's like literally the epitome of that where she was able to elevate her like social capital and like kind of transcend above like the average woman because she was a highly like almost like mm, archetype um like mystical religious woman and she was able to be infamous in that way right. and she never had sex in like that sense of like marriage because she did not want to be confined to that yeah. and also women would enter into monasteries as well mm-hmm. because they didn't want to be sexually assaulted by their husbands or by men in general yeah wow so That's when we crazy. see somebody like Miley Cyrus that is able to have power over her body and show her show it or not show it because I think it's yeah. conversely the same thing whether you want to show your body or you don't show your body it, the it sends the sa- same message like the choice is yours whether you want to be conservative or liberal with whatever it is and not politically I'm not using that word politically mm-hmm. I'm using it like conservative as a, a form of attire or more liberal and loose and uh, what you want to show and I think way to go for her and i think we need to stop judging people and being assholes about it yeah and just move on to like really pressing issues yeah. like yeah. children not having food you know yeah. or, like human, respect one or, another. or yeah. human trafficking yes, yes. or student the debt. democrats <laughs> are actually student behind debt. no yeah. i i said a jo- i said a joke right now yeah, i didn't yeah, i didn't did. mean that okay <laughs> um okay um, everybody uh one last thing we're getting reports right now that uh sean mendes you oh know in, in uh with his new album has released some also released some controversial photos uh so here's the first one 
Uh, oh my god, that is not a real photo. Oh my gosh. Deanna, it has his face on it. Of course, yeah, it's, it's real. It's called Photoshop. <laughs> is there is there really? Wait, no, this is that, important. That is Photoshop. That was not an it's actual a, picture. He released. Frank, Frank, it's, Frank, it's a real. Body, why? Wait, hold on. He let's does have this. a good body though. <laughs> no, I, I, it looks body, like it's body, him. Body. It looks it like it is him. But they photoshopped okay, so the bottom just, of that. So just to you know, oh, I want to see the original. Just to describe. Just to describe the picture for you know the people that are listening out there. <laughs> Sean Mendes is sitting in front of a teddy bear. He uh, he has he's holding the uh, the teddy bear's head with his arms, and he has a birthday cake in front of his penis. Uh, he is completely naked. That he looks is a amazing. Photoshop. I know he does. Is that, is that, no, he, is he that like the ideal body? Good, but he doesn't. He, he doesn't. Does he doesn't have a penis though. It's like, it's, it's covered. Frank <laughs> asked an important question to it's himself. It's not Photoshop. I, it's I, I look like that. <laughs> no. You, no, I'm he sorry, asked. No. He's like, "Is that the ideal body for men?" Oh, I don't think. No, I look care. like that. I swear to God, I, I look like that. So it let's matter. move on to student that. Skinny in here. Skinny. Like these are other actual pictures of him. That one is not a real one. I know that was from a certain photo shoot. There is one where he's. No, I'm not way. talking about that one over there. I'm talking about the, the penis cake. <laughs> okay, yeah, but you're talking about his body. No, but is that real? The penis cake? No, that's not real. It is real. No, I just, not. I he's just not said Photoshop. Deanna, I just said it's real. That no, means it's face, real. The face is Photoshop, but he's wondering about the body. Okay, okay, okay this above this, that's real. That is Photoshop. Because he never. That's kind of strange. Like oh yeah, I can, look, I can kind of see that. Right here, kind of. You, you can't yeah. Oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that. So, yeah, yeah. That part's real. That inner thigh kind of looks stretched. Yeah, yeah. No, it's way too. Yeah, no. And then <laughs> he doesn't have a teddy bear. It's actually a couch that he was doing that upon. <laughs> I, I know that picture. I've seen that picture. Because I've shown it to you. <laughs> oh no, like that a real picture, and I know you've shown that to oh, me. Oh right. All right, everybody. That's the end of the episode. We had fun. Uh, everybody, uh, Deanna, Deanna, Double D, and Frank. Uh, thank you for joining me today. <laughs> uh, hey. It's uh, it was awesome having you. I hope to have you uh, another time for this up for my podcast. Okay, we'll finish off with some air guitar contest. <laughs> okay, everybody, that's the end of the episode. Oh. Goodbye. Uh, tune in next time where uh, my friends and I are going to get drunk. Peace. <gasps> really? Yeah. Uh, can I come? Okay. I know. Can we all get drunk? <laughs> for sure.